Good afternoon, good afternoon. Good afternoon, family. Is it noon yet? Well, I'm 15 minutes to be noon, so I'm ahead. Happy Sunday. Who's ready for the word? Thank God somebody clapped because that would have been awkward. Amen. I'm just going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now, Lord. I just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning, your grace, for your love. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for being a promise keeper kind of God. Thank you for being a way maker. Thank you for always providing, for always protecting. As I speak this word you you shared in my heart, I pray that my words will be your words. Just be with us for the rest of the service and the day and, and just have your way, God. Open the ears and the hearts that need to hear this. In your precious holy name, amen, amen. Family, I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'm, I don't like to be here for a long time, so I will be brief. I could be lying, but I like to start like this, of course, or prayers are invisible, but they make impossible things possible. It is God's job to work the wonders. Our part is to pray, believe, grow, change, and wait. Anybody waiting on something? Anybody waiting on a promise? Anybody waiting on a change, waiting for a breakthrough? Anybody waiting for a miracle? Today I want to preach the message titled, Just Hold On. Just hold on because if, you, if you've been walking with God, if God already has done something in your, in your life, he will do it again. I couldn't even choose a better lineup than Pastor E chose. And he had no clue what I was preaching on. And if I could sing, I would re-sing the song we just sang. But I won't do that. Because then you look at me differently, way differently. Some of us have dreams. And we're not even believing those dreams no more. I want to wake up some dreams today. I want to stir up some some fire. Can I do that today? Listen, I don't need to call this preaching. I just want to motivate you. Activate your faith. I want to increase some faith. I am sick and tired of Christians walking with no faith. It is the waiting period that most most of us want to give up or 
do give up. It's, it's times of waiting, times of, of, of where I'm away, I'm disconnected from God. It's those times when nothing, when we, we think God is doing nothing, that we start to doubt God. I'm here to tell you, don't let what you see or feel cause you to forget what God has already said. I love when Paul says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, somebody say all things. He doesn't say some things. He doesn't say a few things. He doesn't say a couple things. He says all things. God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. What does that mean? That means whatever storms in life you're going through, God's promises still make, still happens. He still makes something out of nothing. He still makes you into a someone and you might feel like you're a no one. I'm here to tell you just hold on because God knows what he's doing. He has a better plan than you, you can ever imagine. God is preparing. I believe this. God is preparing. And you're waiting. God is preparing you for something great. Just hold on. Just because our, our current situation doesn't reflect our promise does not mean you won't get it. The question I have for you today is what are you holding tighter than ever? Some people might be holding on to a promise tighter than ever, a dream tighter than ever. I'm here to tell you, hold on God tighter than ever. He's the source where all the promise comes from, the miracle comes from. What are you banking on? Some people are walking because they're walking like they know they're going to get blessed anyway. I could walk like this because God still promises me that. And he's faithful. He's faithful and just. He's, he's not a liar. So I can continue to walk this way. What I want you to get today, holding on doesn't mean you hold on on a Sunday and you bank on you know, the rest of God's mercy and grace the rest of the week. Hold on means this to me. When we accept that we are exactly where we're supposed to be. And if we have God, we will learn that we have all that we need. Amen. See, when we realize, when we have nothing but God, that's when miracles happen. This is something you're going to hear throughout this whole morning. It's the same quote. And, and if I had a one sentence, if I had to confine this whole whatever you want to call it, sermon or preaching, into this one statement, is this. God is not interested in destroying us. He's not interested in hurting us. But he's interested in blessing us and changing us. But too many people want the blessing, but they don't want the change. Let me reflect on my life. I don't want to just tell you because I think I read it and whatever. I lived this. There's things I pray for in my walk. There's, there's moments, that, even when I didn't know God, when I was a little boy, I never, whatever. I, 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 it wasn't a prayer. I would just say, I would talk to myself. Little did I know, I was talking to God. 
because God protected me when I was a little boy. There's moments where I remember being on my top bunk saying, Mark, this is the day. This is the night you're going to run away from home. This is the night you jump out the window. It's, it's the second floor. It might hurt a little bit, but I could do it. But then I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be too scared to do it. Even when I was a kid, I was holding on and I didn't realize it. But, but it, it, when, I, when I accepted Christ into my heart, there's so many things I pray for. There's so many things I'm still praying for. I'm still believing for a house. I'm still believing in full-time ministry. There's times I pray, I, I pray for my church. I mean, you haven't been stuck at a job. When I'm talking about stuck, you're like miserable. You, you, you're like, you're, you're hoping you get hit by a truck walking to work because you're so big. A little drastic, sorry. Little, But the point is, you ever was so miserable at where you're at and you're like, I can't stand being in this place. I say that because I, I had a lot of jobs and almost every job I had, it was like that. Either I wasn't getting paid enough or I was getting asked to do stuff more than I was getting paid for. But then when you realize that job is not the source of my happiness, when you realize that, well, wait a minute, God could do anything. God could open up a position just, just, just for you, a position that don't even make sense, a position that doesn't, doesn't even exist just for you. And that's exactly what happened to me. But it took 14 years. 14 years. They made up a name for my position. And I was doing exactly what I was do, already doing and a little bit more. But I wasn't confined to a desk. I was, they gave me this, they gave me a phone, and, and go ahead. As long as you do the work, you could, you could. So I'm able to study. I'm able to prepare. I'm able to do ministry. I'm able, I'm able to be in full-time ministry, but still get paid. I hope none of my bosses are listening to this. No, but they already know. that. That's what you call favor. When they know what I'm doing and they don't care because as long as I'm doing what they're asking me to. And that's what God does. That was, that's what just holding on. I remember, I'll go even back, even when I was a teenager. I like and I hate at the same time talking about this. When I was a teenager, all I wanted was a steady girlfriend. Can I, can I, I'm just going to be real. Okay. No, it's nothing. It's nothing to be excited about. But, but I, I would see, I would see, I would see all these guys I'm hanging out with go, go from girl to girl to girl to girl to girl. I'm talking about it used to frustrate me because oh, oh, I said, I said, God, just give me one girl and, and I'll make it a happiest girl. And I could not. I, I'm not gonna be honest. I, I never had a girlfriend. Never. If I did, it was I was getting used. I was getting used, and I would get the, uh, uh, I would get the, the pat on the back. Like, oh, uh, you know why? It's not going to work out. You're just like a brother. I, I would get that all the time. I, I, would, get, I would get that all the time. But, but see, here's where God comes in. Okay? See, when we have nothing left but God, we would discover that God is enough, right? I said that already, right? But... God didn't want just enough for me. He wanted more than enough. 
So literally I know he was preparing me because the wife I got is just more than enough for me. She's not just a wife. But if you know her, you will understand what I'm saying. She's an amazing woman and she gets me. And it's okay if I never had that growing up because I have it more than enough right now. See, see, faith isn't faith until it's all you're holding on to. Sometimes faith will make you look stupid, but until it starts to rain. I read that in a quote, and it said, ask Noah. Anybody ready for it to rain? I'm talking about raining, but, but I'm not talking about raining the lotto ticket, raining the, the job. I'm talking about raining, raining God's love. Randy, God's favor, God's mercy. I need more God's mercy, God's grace. I, I, need, I need to be loved by God. God, I, I'm still alone. I need to be held by you. But then sometimes we're in that scary place, the, the, the place of the unknown. When God delays, he always delays for a greater purpose. Amen. Listen, you might say, yes, I understand what you're saying, but, but it does not make sense. Why would God do this? Why would God do that? When would God do this? Listen, faith doesn't make sense, but it makes miracles. Okay? I love it when Paul says in Ephesians, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask, all that we can imagine according to his power. That is the work within us. I understand when David says, my cup runneth overflow. I understand when it says in the Bible, and everybody wants to think about this, because it's in Luke, and it talks about when you give, it shall become a, and it says, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. But I, I use that not, forget, not just forgiving. I understand when that means that God will press down, shake. I feel like a walking barrel, and it's not because I'm round. I'm talking about a walking barrel that's constantly getting filled by God. And it's like the overflow. It just gets it drifts all over me. Anybody ever feel like that you're getting constantly filled up? Not too many people. Constantly filled up with his presence. Constantly getting filled up. What I learned is God's blessing is greater than my capacity. And for those that say, I messed up though. Pastor Mark, I messed up. I messed, listen, stop looking at God as a spiritual police officer that's, catching, that's trying to catch you and, and mess, that you mess up. And he wants to punish you. And then you think that God doesn't love you anymore. In Psalms it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Remember, he's not interested in destroying or hurting us, but blessing and changing us. Let's get into the Bible a little bit. Today I want to just skim through the life of two brothers. Two brothers... They were, they were the sons of Isaac. If anybody remembers Isaac, Isaac was uh, Abraham's son. And, the, and the, 
the, the promise and blessing that went to Abraham went into his descendants, which was, was Isaac, and, it was, and, and Isaac was walking, and then he was getting old, and it was going to be passed down to his oldest son, Esau. Because back then, by law, it was the oldest son that gets the blessing. So here we have two twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau was the first twin, and then Jacob came on after him. Esau was born man-hairy. It says like, like a hairy garment. That's important. That's why I, I, I had to tell you that. Jacob came holding on to his heel, grasping on to his heel. As the boys grew up, Esau, the oldest kid, he became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. Jacob was just content to stay home. Isaac, the father, loved Esau because Isaac himself was a, a man's kind of man. The hunting, the whole. But Rebecca, the mother, loved Jacob. So Jacob was like a mama's boy. Chapter 25, starting in verse 29. I'm reading from the message version. One day Jacob was cooking a stew. Esau came from the field starving. Esau said to Jacob, give me some of that red stew. I am starving. Jacob says, in verse 31, make me a tray, my stew for your rights as your firstborn. Esau says, but I'm starving. What good is my birthright if I'm dead? Esau says, I'm starving. All right, I said that already. Verse 33, Jacob said, first swear to me, and he did it. On oath, Esau traded away his rights as the firstborn. Jacob gives him the food. So for a moment that Esau was hungry, he let a moment of hunger for food, he gave his, his blessing away just because for a moment. Too many of us are willing to sacrifice our promise to, to pause, if you may, what God has in store for us for a moment. What are you hungry for? Jacob, the younger brother, was hungry for the blessing, hungry for the promise that was promised to his brother. His brother was just hungry for food and was willing to give up what was owed to him. church, and I say this all the time, we can't live for the microwave blessing. We can't live for the now moment blessing. Some of us are willing to do anything for our blessing now. I don't care what I have to do, lie, cheat, live a certain way, but as long as I get blessed. Let's go on. Chapter, chapter 27. At this moment, Isaac, the father, he's old. He's blind or nearly blind. He says, call my, uh, he called his eldest son Esau and he tells him, my son, I'm going to die any day now. Go hunting, make my favorite meal so I can give you my blessing. Verse 5, Rebecca the mom was eavesdropping, tells her son Jacob, remember Jacob is a mama's boy. I just overheard your father talking with your brother. Now do this. 
my son, listen to me. In, in verse 8, do what I tell you. Go to the flock, get me two young goats, pick the best, I'll prepare them into the meal that your father loves. Then you'll take it to your father, he'll eat it, and then he'll bless you before he dies. But mom, Jacob says, my brother Esau is mad hairy. He's a hairy man, and, and I have smooth skin. What happens if my father touches me? He'll think I'm playing games with him. I'll bring a curse on myself instead of my blessing. Verse 14, so Jacob brought the goats to the mother, and she cooked a meal, the kind the father loved. She also took the clothes. Check what she does. The mother takes the clothes out of the oldest son's hamper, puts it on Jacob's arms and neck for the smell, for Esau's smell. And she, and she covered him with, with, with the goat skin. She, she placed the meal that she made into Jacob's hand. She, she, they're trying to deceive the father for the blessing. Right? Esau is out hunting, taking his time. Jacob comes in with fur glued to him, with the meal. He went to his father and said, and this is in verse 18, My father, yes, he said, which son are you, the father asked. Jacob answered to his father, I'm your firstborn Esau. I did what you told me. Come now, sit down, eat of, of my game. So you can give me your personal blessing. So he lies to his father. Isaac said, you're back so soon? How did you get back so quickly? Jacob says, oh, because your God cleared the way for me. Isaac says, come close, son. Let, let me just touch you. Because he's blind. Remember he's blind? Let me just touch you. Are you really my son Esau? Because the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands and, 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 and are Esau's. See, you see, the father didn't recognize him because his hands were hairy, like, like Esau's. But as, verse 23 says, but as he was about to bless him, he pressed him. Asked him again, are you sure you are my son Esau? Yes, yes, I, yes, I am. He lies twice to his father. Sometimes, this is a side note, pausing from scripture, side note. Sometimes we try to be someone or something that God has not intended us to be. Even if it's for a blessing. God called you to be this and walk this way. I don't want to walk that way because... That's, that's too many rules right there. I'm not going to have fun that way. So I said, let me walk this way. Because God's mercy is still on me and grace is so amazing. He loves me no matter what. And it's almost like we're living a lie. And people don't even know if we're a Christian or not. See, we want the blessing, but we don't care how we get it. Who we're associating with. What we have to do to, to get it, where we go. We need to start owning up to our bad decisions, amen? And then we want to cry to God when everything falls apart. 
and say things like, God doesn't love me no more. God is not present in my life. Where is God now? Remember, God is not interested in destroying you or hurting you. He just wants to bless you and change you. So let's just see what's happening, where we are right now. So Jacob gets blessed. Esau comes back and he's, he's angry. He wants to kill Jacob. And he even says it. He goes, I'm waiting for my pops to die and I'm going to kill him. Because right now there's no blessing left for him. The father gave Jacob all the blessing. And the mother says, Jacob, your brother is going to kill you. Go hide far away to her brother's house. We won't say anything. And then I'll send word to you when your brother cools down. It's been about 20 years Jacob has disappeared for. 20 years he's living with the blessings, but he's also living with the fear. He's living with the fear. He's living with the fear that his brother's going to come after him and kill him. He's living with always looking over his shoulder. He's on the run. Things wasn't working out where he was after 20 years. He does have two wives and like 11 kids, and, and he still got the blessings. So he, in a dream, God tells him it's time to go back home. He's going to go back home. He's scared out of his mind. He goes, oh, my gosh. And what am I going to do? When I'm going to beat my brother. Oh, my gosh. He sends people ahead of him and says, listen, go ahead of me with some of the stock, some of the, some of the goats and some of the stock. And, and if, you, if you run into my brother or any of his men, tell them that this is a gift from Jacob to you. He, he's doing everything he can to soften his, brothers up, his brother up. So he's scared out of his mind. Sino, God will create or allow us to be in situations for us to realize our limitations. I don't care how blessed you are, how gifted you are, how anointed you think you are, how God uses you, how God used you in the past. It does not mean he will not allow you to be in situations that for you to realize your limitations. So Jacob sends his two wives, his, his kids, and all his possessions without, before him. Just so he could be alone and have a moment with God. This is where I want you to understand. So while he was alone, this is in verse 32. Starting in verse 4. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Pause. Back in Hosea, it talks about how this man was an angel. So he bumps into an angel. That's in Hosea 12.4. He bumps into the angel and he starts wrestling with the angel. Now it also says that his way of wrestling was prayer and supplication to God. He was praying and crying out to God. As most of us do when we're, when we're scared out of our mind. When we got to take a test, when we're scared, when we know we're going to go into a situation and we don't know what's going to happen. You know that fear, that, that, that trembling, and then all of a sudden you get all holy and say, God, I need you. God, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. That's his wrestling. He's wrestling back and forth with the angel. So he's in fear. 
But J- Jacob kept his ground through the struggle of prayer, through the struggle of crying out, through the struggle of this wrestling with the angel till daybreak, it says. That was such a long battle. Verse 25, it says, when the man, the angel, saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched, which means dislocated, as he wrestled with the man. No, this guy was an angel, so... He could have took him out and he could have snapped his neck and ended. He didn't have to wrestle with this guy. But he didn't. He just dislocated his, his hip. Listen, could it be that God wants to change your walk? He dislocated his, his hip. You're going to tell me he wasn't in pain? He went from being scared to being scared and in pain. Being scared being in pain, being uncomfortable, but he's still holding on to God. Could it be that God is telling you today there's some change that's needed in your walk? I need to give you a spiritual hip. I need to mess you up so you can walk the way I want you to walk. Could it be that God is trying to tell Jacob, wait for this. He's still holding on. Remember, God is not interested in destroying or hurting us, but blessing us or changing us. So the angel, he looks at Jacob. He goes, let me go, for it's already daybreak. But then Jacob says this, and this is what I want you to leave here with. Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Listen, but he said that, he said that after his, after his hip, in his pain, he could have let go. He could have gave up. He could have said, I'm, there's, no, there's no way I'm going to win this. There's no way I'm going to get through this. Let me just let go. This is a, a lost cause. Let me just go chance it and, and, and hope my brother won't kill me. No, but he says, in my pain, in my fear, I would not let you go unless you Bless me. And his insecurity and, and his not knowing what's going to happen. Those unanswered questions. I'm here to tell you no matter how painful your situation is, hold on. No matter how tired you are, hold on. No matter how many long you've been praying for the same thing, hold on. Hold on. If he did it before, he'll do it again. He will move that mountain, but just hold on. Change your walk and hold on. I'm not telling you just hold on and wait for your blessing. I'm saying, no, hold on to God. Even if you don't get blessed, hold on to God. Because if you don't get the blessing you think you ought to to have, he'll give you better. God's ways is not our ways. His blessings have, are nowhere near where our blessings are. Many of you are, uh, want a position. He says, I don't want to give you the position. I want to give you the company. You got to think that mindset. That's what you call a godly mindset. Miracles I'm talking about. Miracles. We, we don't want to believe in the Miracles. 
Oh, I don't have the money to buy a house. Listen, God's map does not make sense. You never know. Pursue it. If it's your dream, pursue it. Grab on to God and pursue your dream. But change your walk. This is where the blessing comes. After all that, the angel asks him, what is your name? He lied to his father twice when his father asked him, what was his name? Now the angel asks him, what is your name? Finally he says, Jacob. It's so important because finally he told the truth. What happens next? Then the angel said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Some of us need a name change. Some of you are walking like you are so-and-so and you feel like a failure. God is saying, no, you're so-and-so and and you're more than a conqueror. Some of you walk, I'm just used to following. I'm not a a core leader. No, some of you, God is saying, no, you're a leader, not a follower. You're not broke, but you're rich in my mercy. You're not limited. Just plug into me and I will give you all the resources that you need. Worship team, you could come up. I told you I was quick, right? That's record breaking right there. Just hold on. Just hold on, I am. I'm holding on. Come on, baby. I'm holding on. I'm, gonna sh- I- I'm holding on so much, I'm going to share a personal testimony that's recent. Not when I was a, a teenager. Not when I was a younger adult. Still young. About three, three weeks ago, my wife was up here and she preached. It was right before VBS. And she shared something, some news that, that she got, or I'll say we got, because we're one. And, um, and I asked her permission, to, you know, and she gave me permission to share this. And the doctors found three nodules. Two nodules on the thyroid, right? Yep, yep. That's my wife. But how many of us, you know, what's the first thing we're going to think about? I don't care how holy you are, how, how anointed you are. You, 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 all, you got is, all you got to think is, oh, my goodness, what is that? They even say, oh, it could be the, the C word. They don't even say the word. They say the C word. But this is the beauty out of the story. At that moment, she got it. She made a choice. I stay quiet. I can't talk about anything, especially when it's something like I don't understand. But we both on our own. The life, and this is why she's more than enough for me. 
Because the one thing we do have in common is our faith. And we live a life that even if the doctor says this, we're believing on this. We're holding on to God. See, that's kind of our testimony in our marriage. Even when the doctor said our son might not be able to walk, whose report we had to believe? I got to hold on to God. Because he did not give me that blessing for me to be carry him all his life. Just hold on. That's all we know to do. Hold on. We, not might, we might not be ever in a perfect place, but we hold on. That's why we're passionate about marriage. Because we don't got the perfect marriage, but we got the marriage that we'll hold on no matter what. And we're going to be faithful to each other and God no matter what. We're going to hold on to our vows. So, all right, we're going to hold on. But, I don't know, I can't speak for her, but it's still scary. But that's why I love the story about Jacob. He was scared out of his mind, but he was still holding on. All right, let's hold on. So she had to go into a, a procedure that, you know, so they could test it and find out. That took forever. That, see, that took, a, I feel like it took years in the waiting. So finally we get the answer right before VBS or or somewhere around there, and the test comes back inconclusive, meaning they don't have enough to figure out if it's the C word or not. So she had to go back and do it again. So she says, you know what? I'm not going back right now because I got VBS to do. So I'm going to hold on to God, and, 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 and no matter what, God is God. I'm going to do VBS, and then we got vacation. I'm not going to let it destroy my vacation. So we did VBS, we did our vacation, all not knowing what's going to happen. We get back from vacation, she takes the procedure again. That felt like it was so much longer than the first test. For those of you that don't know, we got results of that last Thursday. And they're all benign. All benign. So for those of you that have been praying for my wife, who's been checking up on her, asking her, did you get the results yet? Okay, because I'm still praying. Hold on. Hold on. And she was holding on. I was holding on. We were holding on. My kids were holding on. Our close friends were holding on. People that were praying for her was holding on. Even if you don't know, hold on. Even if you, 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 you're not in a good place, hold on. Even though you're disconnected from God, the presence of God, hold on. Change your ways, get back in connection and hold on. That's why we have moments like Wednesday night prayer. That's why we have moments like Sundays. Not that we can look good and praise God. That does, that's really good. But it's the fellowship with other like-minded people with the same faith. There's sometimes I come here and I don't want to worship. But then when I see my like-minded brothers and sisters worshiping, oh my goodness, I have to worship. 
He moved mountains, I, I, and he'll do this again. So I got to get out of my funk, and I, and I, and I got to worship. Even if I don't feel it, I got to hold on and worship. Even though, I don't, I don't, even though I'm doubting, check this out. Even though I'm doubting if God even loves me anymore. Hold on. Hold on. Somebody's just been hit with a blow and, and you need a miracle. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, I don't know how long you're going to be waiting for that miracle, but hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because if you hold on tight enough, you might even forget what you're praying and hoping for. Because God got something better in store. Amen. Amen. Can we just all stand? I want to close off like this. I asked my, my wife, and she, can you do it? Okay, good. If I'd been awkward, she said no. I asked my wife, this is a song she sings. It's become her song. Because she does it, not because she does it great, it's just her song. But she is a great singer. But I asked her to do it because, because the song... The song talks about even what she had to go through and feel and what she's feeling now. And we got to hold on. So I'm here to tell you this. Don't lift up your hands now. Close your eyes. Listen to these words. If you want to make a change today, because it's not just about holding on, but it's about changing your walk. God, I need a spiritual dislocation in my hip. I need something for me to, to, for me to, to, to walk differently. If you want to make that choice, lift up your hands and do something even greater than that. Lift up your hand and like to grab it on. Some of you are going to feel right now like you're grabbing on. There's something there. You're going to feel God's presence and it's going to feel like, oh my goodness, I'm actually holding on to something. My my legs are about to give away. I can't walk no more, but I'm holding on. You know, as I look out at you, I just want to remind you that holding on is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. But I look at Alicia, who waited for her blessing. How many times, right? How many years? I look at, we have like a fertility testimony in this church. So many people who waited for babies, right, Siamata? For years and years. You know, Mark testifies that he waited a long time for me. People, I was like 33 years old. I waited. (laughs) Okay, so that's a lot of time. Waiting is hard, but it's so worth it. When you are, when you know that you know that the blessing is yours, that the promise has been fulfilled, it doesn't matter if it takes 25 years, 33 years, two years, one year. And I know we don't like it. We don't like that waiting time. But I want to encourage you today to make that waiting time look different. Make it look different. I love this song because I've learned to say, God, even if I will. Even if it's hard, I will serve you. Even if it hurts, I will walk forward. Even if it's scary, I'm going to trust in you, God. Why? Because he hasn't failed me. He hasn't failed you. So this morning, as we reach out and grab, 
let's sing this out loud and let's make our holding on look a little different. Hallelujah. You're still working, you're still working, and I know if 
I'm still here then You have a purpose You have a purpose I cannot see your plan But I know you're working You're always working God Oh, and I know And I know that if I praise you The enemy loses The enemy loses And I know if I choose faith Then you're gonna prove it You're gonna prove it You've never left my side And you'll never do it You'll see me through it So I'll stand in Jesus' name And I'll give you the glory I'll give you the glory raised every hope every promise everything that's being clung to right now and I say have your way Lord where there is strength needed begin to build strength when there is faith needed I pray they would feel the hand of God strengthening them lifting their hands holding on for them oh God I pray today that we would drop anchor and stand in the name of Jesus the name that is above every other name the name that heals disease that provides the name that makes a way oh God we stand on the promises of God we believe Lord God we trust we are hoping God be Lord of our unbelief be Lord of our lack of faith be Lord over the situations that seem impossible God we have asked those mountains to move and we declare them moved in the name of Jesus we declare and we decree God that things will be different 
different from this day forward. We believe, oh God, that our walk will be changed, that our lives will be changed. We submit to the power of the Holy Spirit to do those things. We submit to your word, to your authority, oh God, and we say, have your way, oh God. Have your way and help us, God, to accept it, to rejoice in it, to trust it, to believe in it, oh God. No matter what things look like, God. Oh, Jesus, we trust you today. And we stand and we say yes and amen. And in your precious name we pray. Amen. you guys go there's I even sense there's a a struggle with a belief that God can in in some of your lives this morning in the last couple of months I've struggled with yes God can in my life despite the the many blessings the many things that I saw going on in my life I still struggle with the yes God can So this morning, I want to pray for those individuals who are struggling with the yes, God can. There's a lot of people who you see front, you see them fighting for that blessing. But there's some people who stay in those corners hitting and saying, no, you can't, God. I've been here before. I've seen all this before over and over again. So there's some of you that, yes, I believe you, God is pulling on you. But there's some of you who are not letting God pull right now. Because I was there, because I've been there, because I'm there with you. And there's something to be said about someone admitting that. Because so many of us, man, we don't want to admit because we think that depression is is a bad word. We think that oppression is a bad word. We think that having weights on our ankles are bad because that will look at us weird. No, we can't admit that. Should I go to the hospital? Should I tell a doctor something? You're not alone. Those thoughts, those struggles, they exist and they're very real. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there's something about standing and holding on. If you're still struggling, even after that prayer, even after Mo declared, um, setting that anchor and believing, I'm telling you this morning, I'm standing here living testimony that God is very real and that his can is very real. Amen. So we're going to end this just like this. You see, I believe that even in today, even though we're living in a different kind of world, you do not need someone to bless you. But there's something very beautiful about what Isaac did and the the authority that Isaac had, which was I'm going to give this to you. This morning, I'm going to pray blessings that I've had in my life onto you. Because there's some people that are, are struggling with the idea that, no, like, I can't, that can't happen to me. Well, then guess what? It can. So if you want to receive that, I'm going to pray it and you take it. But see, there's something like, like just like what Jacob did, you have to hold on. I'm going to put it out there for you, but you got to hold on to it and you got to take it and put it in your pocket and say, this is mine. Father God, right now, right where you stand, right where they stand, right where we stand, I pray, God, I pray that this season of blessing 
right now over every single individual willing to receive it right now. Father God, we're digging in right now, holding on, Lord. And we won't leave even this room this morning until you do what you said you're going to do, Father God. We understand that that means you might have to move our hip a little bit so that we walk different, Father God. But that's just because we hard-headed. We understand, Father God, all the things that we've been asking for and you've been trying to give it to us, but we refuse to accept it because we want to receive it in some weird way that we believe it should be done. But this morning we pray, have your way, just like it was declared already. And for those of you who cannot believe, I pray right now that with all of the things I've gone through in my life, the depression, the sickness, the illness, the new days, the, 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 the doubting, the people spitting on me saying that I would have never amounted to nothing, the people saying that I was, that I was done, that, that, that I, I hurt people and the things that I did in my life. Well, guess what? God says, yes, I can. So nothing you are going through, that you have gone through, that, that you are in the midst of, that God cannot pull you out of. In Jesus' name, we pray blessing right now. Blessing right now. Healing right now. We rebuke depression right now. Listen carefully. Depression, you have no place. Right now, you are gone in Jesus' name. Those thoughts of suicide, we declare them over. You will rest and sleep easy right now from this moment forth in Jesus' name. That struggle is gone right now in Jesus' name. See, one last thing and we're out of here. The thing about bondage is so many of us take chains and we put them and we wrap ourselves in them. That those chains that we're dragging along are not attached to us because the Bible says that we have been declared free. But we keep taking the baggage and the weights and the chains that we wrap ourselves around in and we're like, we're trapped in them. Unravel right now in Jesus' name. Break loose of the chains that have already been broken in your lives and step out of them and walk. Maybe a little bit crooked, maybe with your hip hurt, but walk in Jesus' name. We declare right now. Lord, we just pray right now that you that you we bless you with traveling mercies, Father God. Lord, we declare it and we seal this word in Jesus' name. Everything that you have done, everything that you're doing and that you're gonna do. We thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.